The academic year has just begun. And one of the first things that is happening is the Diversity Week. This October, Lara Hofstra is the Student Diversity Officer. Lara, but diversity is not just a thing for a particular week. No, of course. It's a continuous it's, uh, it's something that's always going to be here and uh, going to become more diverse, which is why it's so important to really include the whole community into the conversations when it comes to the topics of diversity, inclusion, mental health, uh, social safety. And um, it's just great that for the third time now uh, this year, we're doing the Diversity Week to really highlight and celebrate the different programs that we have at the TUE at the moment. And uh, this year starts with a Diversity Day, um, which is October 4th. So it starts on a Tuesday and it ends on the Tuesday, which is October 11th uh, uh, coming up day for our LGBTQ plus community. So, And I don't have to be part of a minority to be part of the Diversity Week. No, that's why we call it uh, the paradox of diversity this year. In the past, we've really um, highlighted uh, and spoken with are minority groups, but I've gotten um, feedback uh, past year from our majority group population saying, well, I don't really feel part of this discussion because I don't belong to the minority group. So it's not really something I really need to delve into or uh, have to understand because it's, you know, too far away from um, what I experienced. So I think, you know, that the only way you can, uh, diversity is easy. We have a diverse uh, group of students and staff but actually um, bringing true belonging and then the most important or true inclusion. And then the most important part is a true belonging, feeling like you feel at home at the university is important when everybody's on board. And it's really important to get our majority group um, to be engaged in the conversations because every decision that's being made is being made for our whole community. So to feel at home at the university is important. And then I can understand that you particularly do that at the beginning of, of the year. But to yeah. feel at home, to feel part of a student community, to feel part of a university community, I could have imagined that this year, 2022, you would have focused on the post-COVID way of being at the university. But still, that paradox of diversity was the theme that you've chosen. Good point. I never actually thought of that. Uh, but so, you know, of course, uh, throughout the, the, the beginning of the year, we, we concentrated on the, uh, during the introduction, uh, the intro parents um, were more instructed this year than than otherwise on how to really accommodate the new students. We take into account that uh, the students coming, especially the bachelors, they're coming from high school, they didn't have uh, a normal social life, let's say, um, that they are a little bit more quiet, a little bit more shy um, coming into the university. And that's, um, we really took care to train the introduction parents on how to um, make the new students feel safe and comfortable and encourage them to really, besides their studies, get out of their room and join the association life. I mean, there are 150 associations. There's a home for everybody. For if you like to party or do sports or if you like to do board games or act or things like that. So a lot of attention was actually placed um, by our student community to welcome our new students and yeah, to bring them to the campus. Of course, there are the student associations. If I look into the program, there is also the, um, let's say, relation between the lecturers and uh, and students. Maybe a bit of an anecdote. I've been teaching in the United States and um, students there were asked in California after um, me teaching there, does this teacher know all the students by name? 
for me, oh. that was a big surprise because coming to have lectures in Eindhoven after having a big party the previous night and so on, the last thing I would love to <laughs> hear is that a teacher would know me by name and would know whom we are. Um, the feedback that I get from students that I'm hearing a lot the past few years is that they are really missing more personal contact with their lecturers. I mean, they only see their lecturers in the classroom. Um, and what they would like to see more is um, the topic of diversity, inclusion, social safety, mental health uh, discussed within the classroom. And uh, they would really like more contact with their lecturers outside of the classroom. And they're just really looking for ways because I think there's such a generation gap at the moment. I mean, looking at how I, uh, when I was a student, I had a very different um I think maybe definition of what does success mean for me or what does inclusion feel for me? And um, now 20 years later, um, talking to the students, that they're, um, um, how they experience the society at the moment is so very different than I did when I was a student. I didn't worry about the climate. I didn't worry about having um, to pay my rent um, because you know the, the prices have gone up. Um, it was it was a bit more carefree, and I think every generation says this. Well, you know, it's it's always difficult, and um, but I really do think there is a, a big shift in what our students, our young students, are experiencing with the fear of failure, the pressure to be excellent. Um, if you really have good talks with them, they're they're quite worried, and they would love to have more conversations with the lecturers on um, how they feel and what they feel um, about their future and what success means to them. It doesn't mean having the best paying job. It means to them enjoying your job, even if it pays a little bit less and not having to be the best, but just at contributing to society. That's what you really hear a lot. Um, and which is why we have on the 4th of October, diversity breakfast. I've really tried to mix and invite the lecturers, the support staff together with the students to have those open conversations to understand from each other where we're coming from. And if that understanding is more there, I think it, it, it's just going to be so uh, beneficiary uh, in the future for collaboration between uh, the teaching staff and our students coming in. And for me, that feels different as coming to a breakfast and you have these heavy topics for breakfast as a discussion. So well, what is the best way of, of entering and getting engaged? Is that in a kind of casual way and then trying to go deeper? Well, the the, the setup that we have is uh, Eva de Bren. She used to be a student here and she has done a lot of uh, different workshops uh, on diversity and inclusion for the master kickoff. And she's did it now for the introduction parents as well. So she's helping me uh, set this up on the October 4th. So we're going to, you know, have groups of four or five students and staff mix. We're first going to do icebreakers to really get to know each other, to feel a bit more comfortable. And then through guided with, with different materials on the table, with um, uh, different symbols, we're going to ask the students to tell each other and the, the professors, what does success mean to you? Um, and another question is, when do you feel included? And when was a moment that you felt excluded? It's just, it is heavy topics, but we try to do it in a very informal, light way, where it's just practicing on how to open up a conversation and feel comfortable 
to do this more often because it, it shouldn't just be the breakfast moment. It should be like lowering the threshold on how to communicate with each other in a respectful manner. If I try to translate that immediately to what can we do, how do yeah. we interact with students immediately? I could imagine that I feel a bit uncomfortable with, let's say a student opens up a bit in, in not having some very uh, nice experiences. Going mm -hmm. deeper may also intrude privacy kind of things. Do you want to do that in a group and so on? So I can imagine that besides being open for engaging into these discussions, you also have to be careful as an organization, as a university. Oh, absolutely, of course. And uh, we, we do this often. I mean, uh, I don't know if you, Tint is an organization that does a lot um, of working groups on these topics. Um, for example, we also have a open books um, events together with Tint where people of our community share personal vulnerable stories about either having a have had a drug addiction and now being clean and talking about it. So it's uh, we always focus at the beginning of each session that we treat each other with respect and that um, you have to feel safe. It's a safe space. What is discussed stays within your group. And if you don't feel comfortable with the question that you feel safe enough to say, well, I would like to um, not answer this question. Um, that's okay by you. So that's always how we start off discussions. And that's basically, I think, how you should always start off a discussion. If you are in a new study group, for example, or you have new colleagues, that you first sit with each other and just discuss like, what are your vulnerabilities? Like, what is something that I should take into consideration when I'm working together with you? Um, that should be a given, um, I hope, in the future on how teams, be it with colleagues or colleagues or, you know, staff members with students or students amongst each other. Um, that should be the first thing that you do as a team is discuss in a safe space. Um, what is your passion? What are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? Um, how can I help you? Um, how can I take things into consideration so that I won't offend you? Those open that that should be a, a, a real big focus, I think, throughout the world, everywhere where teams are working together. <laughs> yeah. Not only at the university, but also at a company, you quite often yeah. have these discussions about how do you relate to your boss. It helps a lot if a manager can understand personal circumstances. But in mm -hmm. the end, if I know that you have a certain problem, you cannot pay attention to all the classes. And in the end, I have to grade your work. Mm -hmm. um, there may be a conflict there. Absolutely. And I think a lot of professors struggle with this. Um, and that's why it's so important that there's more settings where we can openly discuss this with each other. So mm -hmm. that, that, that you don't come into the situation where you're confronted with it, but that you have created a safe space for students and that you have an understanding. Well, let's just say like, okay, this happens to me. Um, there's a student that's really struggling. They've told me and now I have to grade them. That beforehand that you have an open conversation saying like, I really emphasize with you, but you have to understand from my side that I can't do such and such. So these situations happen, I think quite often. Um, and this is why we want to really give also the professors tools on preventative measures um, and tools on how to deal with these situations um, that you are aware of, of, of the different steps that you could be taking. I'm not sure that this is making any sense, but... Uh, well, it makes more sense if you tell me also what kind of tools I should think of. Uh, that's not a questionnaire, that's not an, right. uh, a portal, that is, but that may be a, a style of 
talking or what do you well, mean by talking? That as well. And I would really like to highlight um, during Diversity Week, there's four sessions uh, where Tiara, uh, former students and PhD uh, uh, colleague, is teaching um, with a diversity inclusion toolkit that she specifically developed. And there's two ses sessions for personnel, for staff members, and two sessions for students, which is really um, the style of, of talking to each other and using icebreakers and tips and tricks on how to um, make sure they feel comfortable, that you have uh, more listening techniques. It's very important that you know how to listen without judgment. Um, and it's also practicing with each other and being open to seeing other views. I mean, if you are um, Dutch, you know, from our low power distance culture, um, listening to students that are from high power distance cultures, it's really good to understand where they're coming from uh, and ask them for, be vulnerable, say, hey, I don't understand this. I, I have a very different upbringing. I've, I've grown up in the Netherlands. Um, could you please explain to me how this works in your country? That's setting yourself up vulnerable, saying I don't understand something. And um, for them to give the safe space to, to tell them, well, this is how I've experienced it. It's just really listening to each other and being truly authentic and, and caring. It's, it's very important that things come from the heart. Because you know, if, uh, if you're talking to somebody and it's, it's, if it's not authentic, you're not going to feel safe. So it's also as a person, I mean, um, I, I work a lot with student assistants. I work a lot with students and I feel it's very important that I have a good relationship with them and they know that if something arises, that they feel safe to tell me or if they don't agree with something that I say, that they feel very safe to tell me right away because I would not like them to talk behind my back and complain and not do something about it for me. So. I tell the students before I do anything, I'm like, hey, I'm a very enthusiastic person, but my insecurity is, is that I can be very disorganized in my head or I forget things or I forget the time. Feel free that if I forget something or if I said something that could be offensive, that you let me know right away. Not per se within the group, but let me know afterwards, privately, that I can understand. And the biggest compliment for me is, when students feel comfortable to criticize me or give me feedback, that might not be easy for me to hear, um, but that is the biggest compliment, that they feel safe enough to come to me to to say, hey, maybe you should do this difference, and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. That's an example that I have. But you may not have to grade them. Uh, translating again right. to the role of a teacher, and yeah. also from the way that people ask questions, you learn a lot. You can, within the session, ask her, hey, is this something that we can discuss with our group? So it's it's not set in stone, everything. It's just also uh, there's a leidraad, like there's a, an easy path to follow. But the people joining in these uh, sessions can also bring in their own questions, their own experience. And then within the group, you can share experiences, like an intervision as well. And it may still get very close to what is the best way of learning? Is that by um, yourself being curious and asking questions, learn from there, or to listen to someone who tells you a story? No. How, how, how no, should no. we see the role of the diversity week with the heart of what is education? Well, for me, the diversity week is to showcase um, everything that's that's going on on these topics at the moment. But 
it really doesn't have to be so difficult. It's really sitting back, listen, try to listen without judgment. It's just so very important. And um, yeah, it's 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 listening to each other and giving the safe space. And I always say I love, um, how do I explain this? Like to create a safe space that everybody can unapologetically be their true selves. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, I think, most important. And if you can just reach that, that you could make people feel safe, that they can be their true selves without having to hide things or apologize for it. If we can reach that by just listening to each other without judgments, then um, all of the other issues will be much easily solved. Because you just want to be yourself. You want to feel at home. You want to feel safe. And you do that by listening. And uh, you, you mentioned that, um, do you know the students by name? You don't need that. I mean, I, 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 you know, I live at the sports center. And what I love doing sometimes is standing by the entrance and watching when it's busy, watching people come in. And then I say, hey, you haven't been here for three weeks. Where were you? And they're like, whoa, she noticed I haven't been here for three weeks. And they're like, oh, I was sick. Well, I'm so glad you're back. Hope you feel better. Take it easy. And just the fact that students or staff walking into a building where somebody working there either knows their name or knows that they haven't been there in a while and just saying, hey, I see you. I see you. I listen to you. It's great that you're here. The feeling that that gives a person, it's, you know, undescribable. It's so very important. And that's kind of what I also want to promote. It's just truly looking at somebody, looking them in the eye and giving them a nod, like, hey, you are here, instead of looking through people. That is just so important that we just see each other. And then it's okay if you're different, but at least be a little bit curious and find out why are you different and where 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 are we similar? And I just get inspired. I, the, the The young generation that we have coming in is so inspiring to me every single time I I get to work with students that are, you know, in boards and committees that do volunteer work that really embrace uh, the diversity, inclusion and need to talk about mental health, to be vulnerable, to um, uh, to to open up about what they're they're going through. it's it, it's really I, I'm really blessed that I get to walk around and talk and work with these students because I can learn so much. My generation and old generations can learn a lot from the the way students listen to each other and how they take care of each other and how open-minded they are. There may be a couple of success factors there. Again, quoting a US university. They were inviting students on the first year in a big hall and said, the first thing we have to do is step yourself on the shoulder because you've made it to this university. Nice. You need to have confidence. I guess that is one of the success factors in being your authentic self. And that's also a culture, being proud on the university, on on the scientific results. Is that also important? Just uh, because you said having a good job is not the only thing, but it may still be very important in creating that self-confidence. 
you'd, you'd be surprised. Like I, I, I ask this question so much to students and you'd think that they say that their confidence comes from you know, their grade point average or, you know, the, 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 the status of their job, but they're like, well, and then I want to be able to, um, you know, paint in my free time or do sports or, or dance, or, um, they're all kind of mentioning things besides work that makes them successful that I'm seeing there's such a shift towards, uh, passions, um, holistic passions that make you as a whole person. And uh, yes, confidence is, is very important. And there's a lot of different ways you can um, be, become more confident. And I think that is, if, if I look at confidence, I look at um, the students joining any of the associations. If you look at the acting, I was having a discussion, like how important is it that's, or how amazing is that we have an acting association? Because being in front of a stage and being your vulnerable self and, and acting is, is very scary. And if you can stand in front of a group and act, that that's like super confidence building. Or if you are dancing, any type of sports build confidence. Or if you're in the, the debate team, or if you're doing volunteer work, or if you're talking to people outside of your comfort zone, there's so much more than just work. And this is something... Um, that I'm that I'm really feeling from the students that it's the status is becoming less important. It's just like what are you contributing to society, and will they be inspired by their work? They're afraid to sit behind their desk 24/7 and not go out and talk to people. Uh, they want to make an impact. This is something that's really shining through at the moment. And maybe that's also the best way to describe you, to have an impact, Lara Hofstra, as a student diversity officer, to have that impact on the well-being and the inclusion of students. Are you just getting the students who are already very interested or made, made steps? Is there a, a large part of it whom is hard to reach for you? Yes, absolutely. There's a, of course, I... I I see the students that are already actively involved in student life. I think we have over a thousand students, many, many thousands of students that are actively involved either in a student team or an association board, or um, many of them are very active. But there's also a bigger group that are staying at home that are more difficult to read, that don't necessarily like to go out and party, but are just a bit more introverted. And um, we do try to reach those students as well, but it, it's it's still very difficult. And I think the only way you can reach our whole community is to make sure you organize and facilitate as many different types of activities, also things not surrounding alcohol, for example. There's a large group of people that don't drink alcohol, uh, including myself, for example. And uh, I would like to see more things being organized um, where alcohol might be a side Thing where you know, I, I, for example, I'm organizing a roller skating disco party on October 11th. I'm very, it's my new passion. I love roller skating because uh, with tricks, so you're doing turns. And I was almost in a burnout a few months ago where I was too much in my head. And now two hours a day, I'm skating. My only thought is don't fall, don't fall, learn a new trick. And um, it's just great on music. You're dancing. You have not a, a care in the world except maybe falling on your wrist a few times. And it just makes you tired and relaxed, uh, clears your head. And I want to inspire all the students, even if they've never done roller skating before, to do this, uh, to join me in the roller skating disco party. But there'll be 
a drink served, but it's the activity that brings people together. It's not just purely drinking alcohol and partying. And I think a large uh, group of our population would appreciate more activities, uh, low thresholds, activities where people come together through similar interests. And uh, for example, at the sports center, we have Zephyr, that is our gaming association. And I think we have a lot of students that are you know, home often alone gaming and they love gaming. So why not come to the sports center and join an association where you can game together and make new friendships and maybe from there say, hey, why don't we just join a yoga class just to get out of our out of our minds a little bit? Um, I think that's the essence. And I can ramble on, but I'm I'm just if if Brainport and the university really feels it's important to retain the students so that they stay in the region. Um, places like the sports center and all the associations, all the work the students are doing are so important for retention. If you can make, if you're an international student and you make true friendships here, be it with other internationals or Dutch people, you'll be proud of the region. You will feel at home and then you can go work at the high tech campus if you want to in the bearing ports. But if during your study time, you don't feel the sense of belonging, you will not stay here. And um, yeah, it's it's friendships. It's feeling like people see you, that you have common interests, that people care about you, that you're being seen. That's that that's that's the important thing, I think. I I, I always wonder the, every single time you put focus on attraction, the same amount of focus needs to be put on retention. Because you can get people in to attract them, but if you don't entertain and take care of them, they will leave. But we want to keep our people, right? Eindhoven University of Technology, Student Diversity Officer Lara Hofstra. And handling diversity and inclusion is not only about feeling at home, but also making the university and the entire region successful.